Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Checking Vow podcast. And, you know, I'm just going to get down to it. You know, we had to completely scrap our agenda for today because, as you may all know, uh, by the time this episode comes out, Frank Lampard, Chelsea legend, arguably Chelsea's greatest ever player, went from uh, signing in 2001 all the way to becoming their, their first team coach, has been sacked by Chelsea Football Club after just 57 games in charge. And, you know, since it's a Chelsea episode, we had to bring two major Chelsea fans back onto the podcast. Yes, this is the first time we've had returning guests just to get their views. So, Senor and Floyd, how are you doing? <laughs> Let it all out. Let it all out. Oh, man. Um, it's a wide range of emotions. I mean... Mm-hmm from the perspective of a fan um, who has watched the team grow, from the perspective of a fan who wants to see the the team grow, and from the perspective of a fan of Frank Lampard as a person, player, manager, there's just so many emotions to to, to process, and it's been a, a long day for us, but happy to be here to talk here with the boys and uh, discuss what you know the future holds for our club. Senor, Senor, how are you? You look distraught. Yeah, look, um, I'm I'm disappointed. Um, I'd say disappointment and sadness are the are the main emotions, you know. But you know, uh, we'll we'll, disc- we'll discuss all of it. Uh, I have I have so many thoughts about this stuff, but we'll talk about it. Mm. And and you know, our usual hosts and suspects, Coco, obviously the Manchester United fan, but Mawena. Yeah, 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 yeah. How are you feeling? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess for me, maybe I'm still in shock. But when we'll, we'll get into the episode and all of these sentiments will come out. I mean, I I don't think I'm going to attach myself to any football manager or anything, especially at Chelsea ever ever again. No. <laughs> I think I've learned my lesson hard. I've learned Mm. that. Okay. So let's get right into it. And Koku, let's kick off with you. So right now, my question is, should Lampard have been given more time? And let me me just give you a stat. So after, after 28, sorry, after 19 Premier League games last season, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United had accumulated 28 points and seven wins. And we all see how Manchester United have turned it around and are now top of the league after giving social more time. After the same 19 games this season, Frank Lampard's Chelsea have accumulated eight wins and have a total of 29 points. And mind you, they are only five points off the Champions League spots. They're only five points off Liverpool. So, Koku, let's start with you, seeing as though your club went from, you know, having a fan, a divided fan base that wanted the manager out to top of the league. Do you think Frank Lampard should have been given more time? Oh, but I mean, it's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
if you go and look at it, and I keep saying, I like, I love that we are doing this podcast because every single thing I say is out there. Mm, yeah. So if anyone has time, because I'm on, I'm on record. And I remember seeing, doing that run only had at the start. And I, I remember I brought out my phone and I showed you guys the average starting lineups. And I remember I sent one to the group chat you have, I have, yeah, I have back of his inside. Before Bruno came in, Against Bendy, Phil Jones was playing centre back for us. Our front four, because I remember Rashford got injured. Dan James, Lingard, Mata, Marshall up top. Hey, hey. and you <laughs> want to compare this team to this Chelsea team that Lampard has right now? So I've seen Ole. You can see since Bruno came in, Rashford came back from injury. Boba was fit. Since 2020, after Bruno, we have the most points. So the the stats are there. So Lampard, I remember telling you guys last season, I don't trust that guy. <laughs> and they have sacked him. I remember. Because I, I don't want to talk too much because the Chelsea fans, is the floor is for them. But before I go, I just want to say that last season, Chelsea, shout out to their PRL team. Because they made it seem as if Chelsea are now like a mid-table team who have lost their best player. So now they should finish 8th or ninth. That Lampard has finished 4th. So it means that Lampard has overachieved. Hey! Okay. <laughs> Team set. Now look at where you guys are. I don't, okay. No problem. But anyway, let me, let, me, let me give it to the other guys. Interesting thing. So, and we could go in any order. So, simple question. Should Frank Lampard have been given more time? Yes or no? <laughs> Who's going first? Who's going first? Oh, anybody. You can okay. take your face if you want. Honestly, Seems like no. Seems like honest thinking. Honestly, honestly no. no. No? Wow. Yeah, no. And no, because it's been 18 months. I know there have been difficulties in the back of house. Um, There's external pressure. There was pressure to achieve, especially after all the signings. But, and I know this might be harsh from my point of view as well, because he, had, he didn't have a preseason and you know, Good implementing man. a theory, whatever. But I don't think, to be fair, I don't think he had anything special in mind, anything beyond what an average fan could could see and try to implement. Like, it's not like there was any sophisticated theory that he has that would take time to, like, there's nothing there. He's just there trying to grind it out. Like, they put us, like, it almost felt there was like, like a bit of naivety from him and, you know, at a club like ours, even though like there's a lot going on in the back, I mean, if you don't have that presence over the players and you start having roughness in the back and you can't put your foot down, the best way for both parties is for, for both both of us to like separate because nothing is going to change if you're there, just, you know, mixing, matching, trying. Like, so yeah, he had, I think he even had a month too much because now we're... Yeah. I mean, thankfully, we are not too far off the, like, the top four, like you mentioned, but a lot has happened in the dressing room that I don't know how we can bounce back from that, but hopefully just a change of manager helps us to get on, put a good run in the Champions League, and then maybe the FA Cup as well and see how the season goes. But yeah, no, no more time. Glad he's gone. I, I truly was not expecting that take, but um, Mauna... You know, yeah, Floyd, yeah. Just, Floyd just mentioned how, you know, it didn't seem as though he had any very, like, intricate tactics or 
you know, I always said at the beginning of the season that Chelsea would finish fifth because I think the team needed a year to gel. And then after that, we'd see what Lampard truly wanted to implement. So in that sense, Mm -hmm. do you think Lampard had enough time to try and implement his, you know, these days, quote-unquote, philosophy? Or do you still think it was early days? Because as Floyd said, it was hard to see his kind of of imprint on Chelsea. You know, he, he chopped and changed a lot. Do you think he was still in the process of figuring it out or time had run out for Frank Lampard? Yeah, I mean, with 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 respect to like time and stuff like that, I don't think he was given enough time, no. Um, but then on the flip side of it, like he signed a three-year contract when he first came to the club. So um after 36 months, so I guess this is probably like the half halfway point of his contracts. After 36 months, like he will be as a contract. So, um, it's it, I don't think he'll be getting like a four year, five year, you know, like the same amount of leniency that's been shown to like Klopp or um Guardiola in that sense. But yeah, I I I still believe that maybe not. He could have turned it around. Like maybe this season is cast fine, but just for something that the club at least sold to fans that they were trying to build, you know, I I I felt that maybe having him around throughout the entire season, seeing it out. And then after that, if you want to make a change at the end, cool, you can. Um, if you want to stick with him and continue this whole growing process, yeah. But I don't know, just cutting his legs from underneath him right now, I, I yeah, it doesn't, doesn't say well with me at all. It doesn't say well with me. <laughs> Senor, you, you know, uh, we are talking pre-recording how you think he should have been given more time. But b- before we let you go, let me just put in there, you know, Lampard spends big money in the summer. Chelsea, you know Roman Abramovich, once he gives you the money and you don't deliver the big silverware, he will sack you. And in that sense, you know, this has been going on since we were in primary school. That's the way Chelsea is run. So in that sense, does the sacking come as a shock to you? And do you feel as though it's time for Chelsea to give managers more time? Or, you know, it is what it is. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Pakofi, listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> see. Yeah. So a few things here. First of all, I think... I honestly would not have minded Frank Lampard being given up, like given up to the to the to the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even beyond. Um, uh, I feel like, and it's also you know, I've, it's also possible that maybe I'm the naive one. It's entirely possible, right? But we went on a 17 game unbeaten run just a little over a month ago, right? All of a sudden, we've lost, what, five games in seven matches. It's like, the this man, Future, really said it well. It's an evil world. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a very evil world. When, when <laughs> we're winning, when we're winning, you know, Chelsea was, you know, the talk of the town. And all of a sudden, we've come across, you know, a hard patch of form. And all of a sudden, like... 
for for some reason, like it, it feels like when Chelsea was winning, everybody knew what Van Lampard's philosophy was. But now that Chelsea is losing, you know, Lampard was absolutely clueless. I don't I, it feels at least to me like revisionist history. Um I'm particularly sad because the games when we had our um, our losing run, they were actually against teams that were really, really good. First of all, I'm not particularly surprised that we lost to, you know, Leicester. Leicester are doing amazing this season. Manchester City are doing amazing this season. Um, yeah, you know, the Everton... Yeah, just quickly. You say that you weren't surprised to lose to those teams. But don't you think Chelsea, mm-hmm. over the years, they're a big club. So yeah. shouldn't you, and especially with the signings you've made, yeah. shouldn't the board expect that, okay, I want you to go out and beat a Leicester. I want you to yeah, go out yeah. and be competitive versus a Manchester City, as opposed to just having the attitude like, oh, those teams are better than us. So no, you, you, drop points to them. you make a good point. But the thing is, we did beat those teams last season. We, you know, we beat Manchester City last season. Um, we, I can't remember that whether we beat, I think we drew with Leicester both times last season. Yeah. Um, but like, I think it's just been a, it's been a, there've been a few unfortunate um, circumstances. First of all, like I remember before I asked now much, I think, I was listening to the Checking VAR podcast and Mawena was predicting that it's possible that, you know, Arsenal could do something. If you've been supporting Chelsea for as long as the, as the two of us have, you knew that there was a you possibility that, bones. you know, Arsenal was going to end up doing. It's like one of those things that you know, you know, um, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. I think, I think that you're right, you know, Chelsea should be beating those teams. But like, the, the thing is, like you said, we bought. I don't. I was actually surprised in the like you know in preseason. First of all, we had no preseason. We had like what two games, and we've bought all these signings. I feel like it was, um, it was just an impossible task to expect that mm-hmm. this that we were going to, that all our signings were going to gel as soon as they came, and everything was going to work out. Um, so there's that right, and then the second thing I'm going to say is just about. Chelsea's philosophy in general about like, you know, the whole thing about Abramovich has been sucking managers. Personally, um, and I was telling you guys earlier, I think that Chelsea are victims of their own success. And what I mean is this. Um, Chelsea have actually been the most successful English club of the past 16 years. Like, most, like, Every other club has had at least a two-year period where they didn't get a trophy. Chelsea, that has never happened to Chelsea in the past, um, in the past sixteen years, and mm-hmm. even our trophyless seasons, twenty sixteen was sandwiched between two Premier League titles. Twenty eleven was sandwiched between a Premier League title and a Champions League title. Honestly, and I don't want to come across as like, like being fine with mediocrity, but the thing is, these things happen. I honestly would have been fine with like having another trophyless season this year because we've honestly been so lucky. This, you know, I'd be fine. At least we need to have some stability so that we can actually yeah, say, okay, yeah. well, we're trying to we're trying to go in this direction. You understand that sometimes things won't go away. But I mean, you know, we've we've won, but at what what cost? You know, 
our greatest trophy was with an interim manager who ended up being sacked what four months after after the it's not sustainable um yeah yeah, yeah. let someone else yeah. it's interesting you mentioned chelsea's philosophy and like i keep on saying since we were little kids we knew that chelsea's job was maximum a three-year job if you don't deliver you get you, you are shown the door so as chelsea fans and koku i think you and i could also talk about this because in recent times you know, after our teams had very long-standing managers, we've been going through a, a, a transition phase where we've tried various managers. So I'd also want your, your view on this. Do you think that kind of men, uh, method is sustainable? Because it seems as though in the modern game, managers are not given time. You know, it, it, it's, it's very common to see a manager sacked after two years in the modern game, particularly if you're at a big club or particularly if your brand of football doesn't suit the fans. Even at Arsenal, we saw it with Una Emery. I don't know if I can, at this point I can add Freddie Lindbergh, but sure, let's add him. <laughs> and Manchester United, <laughs> Moise Van Gaal, um, Jose Mourinho, and now Oli. So let's get the Chelsea fans' perspective first. This your method of sacking... Everybody from Village Boas to Scolari to Avram Grant to to Gracia Pia to so many people. Like, do you think it's sustainable? <laughs> do you think Chelsea need a period of of stability, like Senior is saying? Because mm-hmm. you know this chopping and changing, and we'll get into the the manager you've hired, which I think is a big mistake. But yeah, do you think it's sustainable? This your 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 way of life? I think in modern football, it's not really an issue of if it's sustainable. Like, if you look at the most successful, like, teams and stuff like that, like, um, the Madrid team that won, like, the three Champions League back-to-back or, like, Pep's Guardiola, like, it looks like all of those teams are on shorting, like, three-year cycles. So there's no longer, like, you know, five, six, seven-year projects. And, then Guardiola in his press conference today said, you know, in football right now, there's nothing like projects. It's like all of those things, yeah, people say it's, you know, I'm here for a project and stuff like that. But if you don't win, you're out. If you don't win, you're out. And part of it is because of the amount of money that's in the game right now. Like if in a COVID economy, you are missing out on Champions League football, that's like you are definitely going to take a huge hit. And I understand it, but it, for me, is 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 taken away from like the the purity of football. Because like now, yeah, whoever comes, you you don't get attached to them because you know that in a season or two, like in eighteen months, they'll be gone. Like Tuko, like this by twenty, I'll be I'll, I'll be surprised I'll be if he's surprised. there in twenty twenty three. Like even twenty twenty two tough. Like that's that's just the 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 stance the stance I I've, I've seen yeah. on like football. I, I don't know what you guys think about it, but. Like, yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, let me just jump in real quick. I think um, all the non-Manu fans on this podcast have had the same experience of 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 Manu ruining at least some part of our childhood. Yeah, and the thing is that they had Alex Ferguson. Like, I can't imagine just the stability of knowing that you know maybe we didn't win the title this year, but our manager has been here for a decade, we are going to come next year, we're going to do something big, we're going to even challenge for the title. Um, 
as a Chelsea fan, obviously, you know, there's been lots of success um, all like throughout all the time that I've been supporting Chelsea, but there's not that same feeling of it's like, oh, um, this title, which who was our coach then? Uh oh, you know, and then we won this trophy. Oh, there was some other coach and then we sacked him later. Um, I, I can, you know, I can only imagine what it's like to be a, a Manchester United fan, to be like, oh yeah, it was, you know, it was Alex Ferguson who who took us through, who took us through all that success. That said, if we are going to use the Alex Ferguson um example, we have to we we can't we can't use this example without saying it. The guy didn't win a trophy until the end of his fourth year, you know. Um unfortunately, that's you know, that's not going to happen for any um for any big club um these days because of the amount of uh, money and pressure and all that stuff in the game. But it's like, you know, what would have happened if if uh if United had sacked uh Ferguson because of that that trophy spell, we we might never, you know, I the, the other clubs might have won a bunch more other Premier Leagues, but you know, that's that's just the way the game goes. Floyd, yeah. what do you think about your philosophy? Is it time to change it or you know Honestly, keep doing what the only way I think it changes is if we get a new owner. So we just have to come to terms with the fact that this is his club. <laughs> and and that's how he wants it. It's very, it's very sad to look at it that way, but it's the only way I can see things. And honestly, this sacking hit home a little more because it was Frank. Mm. But if this was a Sari with these results and looking at the points per game, after I saw that graphic, I'm like, we are settling for something because he's a legend, and it you want to give him time and everything, but. We've grown up to know that this is what it is. And beyond the fact that we've grown up to know that this is what it is for Chelsea, as Marina mentioned, the modern game is becoming more or less like this. It's the results now, no more projects. So as a Chelsea fan, I feel like we should be most prepared for this new um, way football is being run across all the clubs. So I, I don't think it should hurt us as much as it is. But obviously, you know, we are humans and we feel and, uh, our empathy goes to Frank and everything, but I think we're the most prepared to deal with a situation like this because we've we are used to it. So we had this philosophy from time, and then now this is what football is. So it's even more ruthless. And so as a Chelsea fan, we should be ready to stomach that pain that comes with it. Um, in terms of, I mean, long term type projects might see a return in the future, but I don't know how soon that will be. And until then, if our club has the money to pay compensation to these managers that they are sacking and those temp those sackings can change the mood in the dressing room even temporarily to spark us to maybe a trophy here or a good challenge for the title here and there i'll take it it takes away from being a football fan a little bit because then you're kind of well, all the emotion and passion that goes with you know supporting the team is kind of dwindling because you know yeah. it's all businessy now but I guess that's what sports in general have like has become. Life is becoming so profit oriented, and it's just reflected in our sports now, which is sad. But yeah, yeah. we still find a way to to make it fun and and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You know, Koku, let me just quickly get your view on this. As they've said, Chelsea's. You said the pre-recording. Abramovich runs Chelsea like a business. 
if you don't bring the results, you know, you should be sacked. And and you know, um, Senior was also talking about how you know it might be nice to have a manager long term and realize all your trophies were with that manager. But take it from an Arsenal fan, there was a year, Daddy Venga, he didn't win anything for nine years. In the years 2012 and 2013, nobody was screaming Venga out more than me because Pep Guardiola was on the market. So I feel as though it could go either one of two ways. You know, if you, are, you, you stick by someone for the long run, there comes a time where, you know, it it has to, you know, reap, like, results. Like, you have to see trophies. At the end of the day, football is about winning trophies. And this is where I want Koku's input on it. Manchester United have given Ole Gunnar social time, and it seems as though they are headed in the right direction. But how important is it for him to win trophies? Coming up, and if if let's say this season or the next season, Oli still can't deliver silverware, do you think it's still a process of trusting your manager, or you then uh, go into like the Chelsea, you know, philosophy and sack, bringing the next guy back in, win quickly for us? <laughs> yeah, very very beautiful questions. He knows he has to win trophies. The players know that they have to win trophies. So now, if I don't know how many of you actually like pay attention to Manu press conferences, but the players and coach can now not get the word trophy out of their mouths. <laughs> Every single press conference, Bruno is always talking about trophies. Yeah. And I like it because it's a mentality. Forget the football aspect. These guys are human beings. And if ingrained into their mindset that they are good enough to win a trophy, it can push them on, even when there might be a team better than them, because really? they collectively believe it. And I've already seen it in Manu. Pogba is getting the ball from the edge of the box against Fulham. And he just has a goal. Because yeah, why not? He believes in himself. And yeah. So I don't know, like, Ole. And it, it's even giving base to something else. What's the meaning of a project? And how do you analyze if a project is doing well? Because let's say Ole, for example, last season was his first full season. Because after that half season, he came to stabilize Mourinho's falling shape. <laughs> he took us to third, three semifinals. You can say, okay, it's not there yet, but it's cool. So I remember the first episode I said, man, you, for us finishing third and going to three semifinals, Charlie, you cannot come and do that again. Because why are we going after that? It's the same thing. And he knows. That's why Charlie, he keeps on saying. Bro, and they're always talking about trophies, trophies. Yep. So this year, I'm telling you right now, it's not about whether we have a team that is good enough to win the EPL, but they want to win it. Mm. After that one, I can tell you right now, they want to win it. <laughs> they believe they can. And I like it. Even if we finish third again, we can say at least we tried. Mm-hmm. Then next season we come. Next season if we don't win, Charlie. But yeah, even just before I even leave, on Chelsea and Lampard. So Chelsea finished fourth last season, FA Cup final. I think the Chelsea hierarchy is a business. They were scared they are not going to get Champions League. And Charlie, we have spent 200 million 
hey, then now we are getting only Europa League money. It doesn't it doesn't make sense on the balance books. Doesn't make sense. And even if say Lampard is to finish fourth again after spending 200 million, Charlie that's failure. I'm sorry. Especially when each rival manual has taken a step forward. Because I'm saying like after that, it means there'll be pressure on Lampard to win the EPL next season. Can he do it? I don't think so. <laughs> so I mean I understand I understand Mona is saying you is sentimental, Frank Lampard. But me, Charlie, the guy from a tactical point of view. I mean, okay, actually, to 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 mm-hmm. just to comment on that because I feel like this this I, mean, I did a lot of reading last night and this morning mm-hmm. this 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 whole period, guys. Go and go and go and subscribe to the Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> we have some great articles over there. Um, yeah. yeah, there was there was a very deep dive into where everything went from, like going as far back as to January of um twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, and. Um, because I remember, I think we had we had some discussion. I don't know if it was on air or off air about like how um Chelsea, in essence, were at a place similar to where Liverpool were when like club had his first full season. They finished fourth. I mean, the attack was okay, was scoring goals, but they needed to like solidify the defense and stuff like that. And um, looking at the personnel that we signed and the people that like according to said articles, Lampard wanted to sign. There's, there's there's a clear disconnect there. I mean, as per the writers, he was looking at Rice, which apparently was <laughs> one of the reasons <laughs> one of the reasons he was sacked. Um, uh, and then he was looking at Tarkowski from um, Burnley as a centre-back. Um, he didn't mind Thiago Silva because like experience and stuff like that. But he wasn't too keen on the um Havertz and Verna and all of those guys. Um mm-hmm. it's very interesting you've mentioned that. Like ju- let me just put this question out there quickly for Floyd and Senu. How yeah. much of this sacking do you attest to the fact that the signings like Verna and Havertz couldn't really get off the mark in England. They really couldn't perform. And Koku mentioned a beautiful point about how now in Manchester United, he's he's seen a change in mentality where they are always mentioned, okay, we can do this, we can get that trophy. Do you yeah. think it's it was because Chelsea players had a lack of faith in Lampard that they 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 made this decision? Like, do you think mentally he had lost the players? And do you think that was part of the reason he was sacked? Or do you think it was because Lampard didn't get the players he wanted, like a Declan Rice, like a Tarkovsky, like a whoever. Players he actually wanted that he, you know, he, he struggled to really get the dressing room. In, in short, I'm saying if the board had truly given Lampard who he wanted instead of quote-unquote big-name signings, yeah. do you think things could have gone better or he just lacked the tactical know-how to push Chelsea forward? Yeah, um... Uh, Floyd, you let me just uh, say this quickly for you before yeah. you come in. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that first of all, um, it's like I said, you guys already know where I stand about this. I would be fine with even have letting him go to the end of the season and maybe even beyond. I think that it's always a risky proposition if you're going to spend, you know, the the amount of money um, 
the amount of money we did, you know. Um, the classic example uh, is, what, 2013 Spurs, right? They sold Gareth Bale and then bought seven seven different players. Um, and, you know, that's an, that ended up disastrous, disastrously for them. And and the thing is, like, first of all, yes, um, I, you know, obviously I think that's all the players that we bought in this past um, transfer window are much better than all those players that Tottenham Hotspur has bought um, in 2013. But, you know, we're in a pandemic, first of all. Second, <laughs> we didn't have a preseason. I don't know um, how on earth there was this expectation that we were going to, you know, get everything, get everyone to, to gel. And obviously, like, and this is something that I've, we've, we've, um, I hear you guys discuss regularly on the podcast. Um, whatever, in fact, we talked about this right before we started, is that, like, um, when you're tr- transferring leagues, when they're coming from a different, from a, from a different, uh, different country, you know, you need some time to adjust. In in Germany, they play all their defenders stand on the on the halfway line. They, you know, there's 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 you know there's obviously all kinds of um, adjustments you need to make. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that it, it would have been better for us to like get the particular, um, you know, like two or three really good, um, well thought out signings. Kind of how like I think it was two thousand and that Chelsea brought in, you know, Peter Cech, Didier Drogba, um, a few more here and there. But like, you know, we had a team, we just brought in, you know, yeah, we brought in a few more people, but as in like, there were signings that um, solved very clear problems. Um, And I think that the, 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 the people that we signed were brought to solve problems that didn't exist, I think. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, Floyd, I'm interested. In, I'm interested to know what what you think. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to bounce bounce off on. But just before I start, you, you guys, you guys can hear me, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. loud and clear. So let me let me go all the way back to Koku. Just a brief one on Manchester United and the mentality. And honestly, since I want to give credit to Bruno Fernandez and how he is lifted Thanos. and elevated the levels of the United players. Like, outside of his ability and his productivity on the field, he has this great and nasty winning desire to him that is just so contagious. And I feel like there were characters in the United team that maybe had it in them, but had it suppressed because of low confidence and whatever. But this guy has come in with some rampaging mentality and everybody is just awake now. And everybody's looking up, playing vertically. Like, it's nice to watch. And back, and just to add on to that, I think Ruben Diaz is also having a similar effect on Man City. Maybe not as vocal. But these these Portuguese guys and their their mindset, I don't know what it is, but anytime I see a coach from Ruben Diaz after a press conference, whatever, it's some lion-type yeah. stuff. Like, like very... <laughs> it's movie-worthy. Yeah, like they want, they want these. Like I don't know, I don't know where, what they're made of, but Portugal is a special country. Uh, back that, that, to... that why aren't wolves? Why aren't wolves winning the Premier League right now? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Continue. I think, I think those guys, those guys, maybe you take a couple of times, but you can see they still have that that grit to them. Like people like Prudence, even the way 
Japanese Portuguese. Yeah. Oh, okay. They are all Portuguese in that <laughs> team. <laughs> but yeah, like they have they have something about it. But back to my club and re- um, relating it back to the um, mentality type thing. I think after last season and like Koku said, our quote unquote overachievement. Um, I think then the next year after that, ideally would be okay. We managed to steady a ship that seemed like it was sinking. No one believed us. We were written off. We're in the Champions League with good finances. Now let's kick on. Let's put on a challenge. Back to the signings Frank Lampard wanted and a little more points about stabilizing defense after a good attack. Our attack wasn't the greatest. Pulisic had his moment after restart. We had some sparks at the beginning of the season last year. It wasn't the greatest. We had the ZX signing. And then Werner, Havertz, all those people. So, in my opinion, without Havertz and Werner, let's say maybe we go Ziek, you still have an attack comprising of Ross Barkley, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Hudson Odoi, Pulisic, Tammy Abraham, and Jude. Now, these are not bad players by any means. They're not the best or the greatest, but these are players that could definitely be a part of it. Like a title challenging club, so if you get Declan Rice and whoever um, Tarkovsky as he wanted behind, along with Chilwell, and then maybe a Zuma, Reese James, I think that's a decent enough like squad to push on to challenge the title. But then having people like Havertz and Werner come in for big money, what that did is, and especially because of so preseason COVID and everything, now instead of kicking on from that adjustment phase we had in the season prior. Now it's okay, new players have come in to join the fray. So let's help them settle in. And then try and as we are settling, like as we're setting them in, we try and push for the title. But then it kind of messes around with the wavelength of the entire entire group because it's like now we are back into another settling down and growing and getting gel type phase when we should mm-hmm. be kicking on from the momentum that we, we go from at least finishing fourth, which we're not expected to do. And I feel like because of stuff like that, the senior players who were apparently messing with the balance of the dressing room, you know, did not understand why we had to sort of succumb to the desires of these new guys. But then again, looking at the way our business now comes run, if they came in for big money, then they are definitely priority. Even, even if they don't do it for the club, they want to be able to flip them off somewhere and make decent profit of them. So I think in terms of where the heads of the whole team of the campus, there's so many different like people around and so many different ways they are looking at things. Fena is coming into to a new league. Like it's all long. Whereas at United, Liverpool, all these other teams, it's just okay, our system, this is our system. We know each other. Next year, title. But for these guys, now they are coming to I think just there was just a disarray of like it's it's so messy. I'm looking at all the articles, what they're reporting about our camp, the people being in the camp saying, "Don't worry, all of this will be over," and the players, some players, directly to the board to express their frustrations. So, so it's, it was messy, and I think it comes back to the fact that this was the best thing to happen because if you don't change, like the manager at that point, is the easiest thing you can flip over. Then. It just rolls on, and the more that negative energy is around, it kind of becomes your energy as a club, and you can't really do much. But we are we are still in the 
Champions League uh, round of 16. We're oh, still in the FA Cup. So if we can try and revive ourselves, I mean, I think our young boys have character. Oh, yeah, I we're winning the Champions League challenge. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. But I feel like the young boys especially have character and they have a point to prove and that it's just not because Lampard did what they were playing, that they actually have worth, like something worth showing. And I feel like this is a, a good moment for them to kick on and show us what they're all about under Tuchel if he gives them the chance. Yeah. Wait, before you before you go on to the to the to the new manager, I just want to talk about the the youth. Like I'm actually very worried for for <laughs> my boys. <laughs> Billy Goatmore. Hey. <laughs> nah, nah I'm actually I'm actually very worried. Um they're they're because like I don't know whether it's just me, but like Billy, Billy Goatmore, like <laughs> He he's good. Like as in, you can see that he he yeah, talented, he's definitely he's talented. He knows how to you know progress play. Callum Hudson Odoi doesn't you know does I don't think we need to say much about him. There's a reason Bayern Munich wanted to wanted to get him. But and this has been another in addition with the frustration about the managers. Another frustration, I think that a lot of Chelsea fans have had over the years is that we have one of the best academies in the world. We've won the FA Youth Cup five times in a row. We've won the UEFA Youth League, you know, twice. It, there's always been a frustration with the inability of Chelsea to bring up the youth into the into the main team. Um, it, it's never made any sense to me because we have all these really good players. Um, and so that's another reason it's so frustrating that, um, that we've lost our manager because we don't know what's going to happen to the abundance of youthful talent that we have. I mean, let me just put it out there now. Tammy Abraham should get Marcelo Bielsa on the phone. <laughs> Macy Mount, Macy Mount, Macy Mount should be on the phone constantly with Lampard to find out where he's going. And look, believe, 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 Gilmore, dear Jali, unless, unless championship. But yeah, wait, let's before, move. Before, before we move to the new new manager, just something to round off this this. This Lampard era, you know, I guess. I mean, me personally, I don't, I don't want to sit here and sound like a Lampard apologist saying, "Oh, he didn't get his players." Like a lot of managers don't get their players. That one, there's, there's definitely some instances where he was at fault. Some of the team selections were questionable. Like I remember the last yeah. one. In as much as like, yeah, you want to like go out and attack. Like, I mean, something a game like that, you just sit down and pick them on the break. You know, like a game like Arsenal too. There were definitely instances where he was he was at fault. So not to like absolve him of all blame and say everything everything was was yeah. the board and the players and stuff like that. He he had his role to play, but circumstances went went in his favor, let's say it that way. But he he definitely had his role to play in, in everything. And the the thing that worries me is a lot of those circumstances still remain manager that's coming in. So that's what I'm saying. In in two years we'll be back here. Not even two <laughs> years, a year and a half. We'll be back here making this similar episode. But yeah, Pagvi, you can carry it away. Um yeah, so now it's 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 good you mentioned the new manager. So um by the time this comes out, I'm sure Chelsea would have confirmed the signing of former PSG and Borussia Dortmund coach Thomas Tuchel. Um, 
before I get you guys' thoughts on it, take it from someone who watches PSG games a lot. Thomas Tuchel is a horrible coach. Thomas Tuchel is worse than Unai Emery. Like, I, I honestly genuinely believe that Chelsea have made a big mistake, and I think it's, it's a hurried decision. If I was Chelsea, I'd have waited till the end of the season to, like, really scope the market, get, like, a Julian Nagelsmann. You know, word on the street is that this might be Simeone's last season in Atletico. Just really take my time and get somebody you know, solid in the building. I feel like Tuko is a rushed hire. It, it seems as though it was yeah. a hire based yeah. on connections because his agent has a lot of sway within the Chelsea Chelsea hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um what do you guys think of the manager? And do you think he's the one to unlock your big money signings like a Havertz, like a Vena, and to an extent a Ziek? Is 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 this an appointment that fills you with joy? Um really quickly, no, not really. Um the reasons are threefold. One, because Tuhu Tuhu was not the first choice. The the, the first choice was um Nagelsmann. But Nagelsmann is not going to come in the middle of the season too. So the second choice was Ranik, who is like the Red Bull sporting director ish. Anytime Red Bull changes he becomes their manager and they find a new coach. Yeah. So the second plan was okay, bring Ryanick into the end of the season. And then after that, transition him up into like director of football, that sort of thing. And then go and get another one. That one to Ragnick was like, well, the four months is not enough for him to do anything. So he, he didn't come. So it's like the club has gone down their list. It's like, okay, I guess Duko, we wanted you to go. Like, if you're still open, the job is here now, but I won't be here in the summer. So. I'm I'm not too happy because of that. And like the length of the contract as well, like 18 months, like what at all are you going to do in 18 months? Huh. <laughs> you win the Champions League. Oh yeah, that one's been done before. Lot, but... So yeah. um honestly, Floyd, what do you see? Yeah. This I, again, it's just another name. Me, I've I'm almost I'm getting numb to the idea of tacticians and everything. Like, I've been tweeting about it recently, how that whole tactic thing is generated. I mean, it's there. Those people who understand the game and they're good instructors and know how to, you know, rally a troop of men to play the game. Basically. But uh, I just want... I, I, I don't know how much of a leader he is, especially because of his history of falling out of clubs. I just want someone who is going to come and say, mm-hmm. hey, this is this, this is that. This is my way. You're with me or you're not. That kind of ruthless boom boom. You know, like I don't know if he has that in him. I saw some clips second around the TV today. I don't know whether it's because we're losing my voice. So you can talk it out to them. But this this is a bigger club. And I just hope he can stabilize what at this moment is definitely a falling ship. Even though I mean it's rash to call it that, but for our standards I am okay calling it that. So I hope he can stabilize our position a little bit push us towards where we want to be, grind out some results, just yeah, just kind of change the mood because it's become very sour. But as a practitioner or anything, I, mm. I, I can't say I really know much about it. All I know is that he didn't utilize his opportunity at PSG well. Same with Dortmund. So it's like a lot of unfulfilled mm-hmm. potential. Hope that's what I can start talking about. 
yeah, wishing him all the best. I mean, because he's, he's my manager now, so I'm going to be 100 percent behind him. This is the club that we love. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I should wish him all the best. Yeah. Um. Let me just jump in real quick, Pakovi. I know you know you obviously like know more about the tactics about of you know Thomas Tuchel a bit more than I do. So I I actually love to hear. Uh, I'd love to hear you know your thoughts. Um, for me, I mean, I think kind of like Floyd said. Um, whoever you know, um, whoever puts on the Chelsea jersey, um, or you know has the Chelsea managerial job, I'm going to be behind them, one hundred percent. You know, I'm 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 Chelsea through and through. We're going to you know go through thick and thin. I don't really know that much about you know Thomas Tuchel. Um, the streets are saying that you know he he only won league because he was the manager of PSG. Um, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think that's kind of like Floyd said. It's like a lot of the time we kind of have this, you know, this thing about tacticians and stuff like that. Sometimes it can, it might just be, uh, especially this season. We've seen that things can switch in, you know, in the in a matter of in a matter of weeks. Whether it's just a mentality switch or just like a or like Koku said for Man you kind of like. The idea of sometimes it's just a a confidence boost or something like that, or sometimes it's just you know a, a kind of like a you know a fortunate set of circumstances or maybe um, completely changing tactics. Like for instance, an example that comes to my mind is is Arsenal, Paco for your team. Like I remember you've been screaming on the on the podcast, just play the kids, just play the kids. And you know what, Arsenal have won what five of their last six games. Personally. I've been anyway. We, I know we're done talking about Smith Rotten. I think I that's Martin Odegaard. I think that's one of the things that Lampard should have done was um he should have like for instance I've been saying that Billy Gilmore should you know he should play in the Premier League a bit more. I don't know why he was afraid to start him. You know that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, things things can things can change in the in the blink of an eye. You never know what can happen. In this Premier League season alone, Everton have gone from title challenges to mid-table sinking ship back to top four. You know, the whole thing is just like it's so unpredictable. Um, it's really, it's you know, it's really hard to be able to say what can happen. But yeah, you know, um, if if Tuchel is 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 our guy, he's 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 my guy. Um, I wish him all the best. Um, may yeah. he win the yeah. Champions League. Um, you know, um. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's we'll be just, one, just, just one game after a time. Celebrating exactly. the Champions League. Um, before we move on to just the quick predictions about Chelsea's game with Wolves on Wednesday, for which Tuchel is um, speculated to be, he will be in the dugout. Um, let me just say this. Thomas Tuchel is a coach that depends highly, severely, tremendously, <laughs> immensely <laughs> on individual brilliance. Like, so even back in his Dortmund days, you realize when he had Usman Dembele, he relied a lot on his chance, like his dribbling ability and chance creation. He also did the same with Royce and let Aubameyang, you know, do his thing. And it worked <laughs> for a bit. In PSG, he was Neymar and Mbappe and Inshallah. <laughs> Hope for the best. That's literally how he sets up his teams. You know, Tuko in France, 
was playing a midfield of Ander Herrera, Idris Ganagi, and recently Danilo Pereira. I mean, how? <laughs> I mean, how? Like the guy, like I really do think Chelsea have made a mistake, but we'll get to that. So let's move on. On Wednesday, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge at home, Thomas Tuchel's first game in charge, come up against Nuno Espirito's Santos Wolves, who have not won in about five games. Mm-hmm. I'll just mm-hmm. leave it at that. What are your predictions? <laughs> I mean, you can't flip a coin. It's either be Chelsea 3-0 <laughs> or Wolves 3-0. I mean, or Wolves, yeah. Or Wolves will win 3 You can just flip a coin. It's, it's one of them. Yeah. Tenu, yeah. are you confident? Timo, Timo is coming up with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you you never hear me predict a Chelsea yeah. loss. I think, um, I'll say Chelsea will win 1-0. Mm. Yeah. Right, well, what do you have? Okay, so this is what I saw when I when I had my afternoon nap today. Hey. I saw, saw Timo. Wow. I saw Timo running down the left channel after uh-huh. a lovely through pass from Kai Havertz. And then he hit the, then he hit the. This was this this was in the eighth minute. He hit the post. <laughs> but I didn't see, I didn't see I didn't see the rest. But at the end of the game I saw the I saw the ref blow the whistle and they were giving the match ball to Timo Werner. That's all I saw. <laughs> 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 at the end of the game I didn't match ball. So left me at Chelsea. Right, he right. was smiling as he had a wide, wide grin. So Chelsea went for sure. Koku. Any thoughts on uh, Thomas Tuchel's first game in charge? Are you sure he's going to be in the dugout? Hey, would he have? I don't think trained? with the COVID protocols he will be there. No, no, no. Um, elite sportsman, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so if you're part of the team, blah blah blah. I think it is. So right now, I know he's in London, but he didn't take um the training session, training session today, on Monday. Yeah. Um. Tuesday, I don't think there's a training session before the game. So, like, they probably just going for, like, a warm-up or something like that. So, he might be in the stadium, as well, in the dugout, I'm not sure. Which, which will be interesting to see, like, who, who will actually be on the sideline. and instructing. Who is the caretaker manager? We don't have one. So, it's probably... Yeah, very... just going to be run around, running around. Yeah, so, it's the defensive coach, the fitness guy, and then Peter Chen. Hey, <laughs> Wolves, Wolves, <laughs> Hey, that's very dangerous. On the football is simple. Oh. If you run hard, if you track your men, you score your goals. You defend. <laughs> very simple game. Very simple game. Team, it will be very interesting to see the team selection. But wow, it's been a it's been a lovely episode. Um, you know. I, at the beginning of the season, I didn't expect... I thought Frank Lampard had the most secure job in England, to be honest, being a Chelsea legend. But that's the beauty of the beautiful game. You know, it's a new era for Chelsea. And I'll leave it to the Chelsea fans. Is there any concluding thing you want to say in regards to Lampard looking forward, you know? And, you know, wait, before we end, who would you like mm-hmm. to see that has been on the fringes for Tuchel to like 
push into his team more. Who who is that one player you want to go to bring in and say, okay, take us there? I mean, for me, no one really. I feel like most guys who have been on the fringes have been on the fringes with like merits. Like Kepa, I don't want to see him back. Alonso, I don't want to see him back. You know, like yeah, and that's that's part of what's upsetting me because I know I'm going to be seeing a Rudiger and Thiago Silva partnership. Um, maybe maybe Hudson Odoi, maybe Hudson Odoi to get some more game time. Yeah, uh, I think for me, you know, I've, I've already said it's Billy Billy Gilmore. I think he's he's young and very talented. Um. Yeah, all, all our young talents really. I'm um I'm actually quite upset that we didn't give um Fikayo a chance. Um he's going to go and win Serie A. So, you know, God bless him. Um must be nice. Um but yeah, um I think yeah, yeah, that's what I'll say. Um I think Marina and I were discussing some time back about probable change information. I want to see him try a back three because we have an abundance of centre backs. Recent yeah, yeah. um Chile will do an excellent job at wing back. We have we have runners in the middle and we have a decent chunk of options going forward. So you can just toss in a random three or two up there. Just give us let's <laughs> let's start from a solid defensive base before we yeah, try yeah. and do this attacking four three three that's taking the Premier League by you know. Let's let's get back to basics. Let's let's get some results. But that guy too. Yeah, uh, that's what that's what Antonio Antonio Conte did, and he won a Premier League. Okay. Just just for me, for me like one just one word of question to people listening. Don't 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 put your heart in football managers and just. <laughs> <listen. laughs> yesterday, yesterday, I like two a.m. I saw this news. I, I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> It's an evil world we live in. Yeah. This, 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 I don't think I don't think anyone should willingly step into it. So, yeah. That's but that ba- that back three idea is nice. It's awake. awake. You think so? It's awake. I mean, it's too cool. We hope so. One day you, one week you play four so. two four. Next one three one three something. Stupid coach. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's been a lovely and intriguing uh, episode. Um, I want to thank the Chelsea fans for coming on. Right now, I'm really going to pay close attention to their game on Wednesday versus Wolverhampton. And um, yeah, it will be interesting to see what they do. Please remember to follow us on Twitter at checking underscore var. You know, use the hashtag checking var. Everybody is welcome into the community. And yeah, um, remember to share it with your friends, families, and if any of you know a Chelsea fan or a Lampard fan, you know, I think this is the time for you to check up on them. So, um, yeah, thank you once again, and we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye. Cheers. Chelsea.